This is the only podcast that gives you a 20-minute guarantee. Give us 20 minutes of your life, and if you're not completely satisfied, you'll you'll get get your your minutes minutes back. back. No No questions questions asked. asked. It's a Minor Detail Podcast. All right, thanks, Jess. Welcome, everybody. It is a Minor Detail Podcast. It is Tuesday, April 13th. And if you're wondering, why didn't you have a podcast yesterday? Well, I'll get to that, because there's a very good reason tell you about that today on the podcast. A lot going on this week, including tomorrow, a very special guest on the podcast. I'll tell you about that too. Coming up, well, it was a big weekend for me and there was some sadness involved in it. And I will get to that coming up here at the end of the podcast. Well, there's a lot of COVID news today, both with vaccines and with those who have COVID. We'll cover that today. Years ago, before VH1 started doing Behind the Music, I used to do a feature on my radio show called Behind the Lyrics, where I would actually take a song and tell you what it was all about. I'm going to get back to doing that. Today on the podcast, we'll do one of those for you, and we'll start a series of those. We'll do 10 After Laughter and much more. It's all today here on a Minor Detail Podcast. But we start with an explanation about why there was no podcast yesterday. I told you from the very beginning I would effort to do one of these every day, We added Saturday with our spinning class episodes, and with very few exceptions, we have been on every day, Monday through Saturday. Well, yesterday, it happened. I can tell you now I will not be the last person in the world to be vaccinated for COVID-19, because yesterday I got my first dose of COVID-19 vaccine, and I am here to tell you that after I got that vaccine, I was in no shape to do a podcast yesterday. Now, there are those of you who are listening to this right now who say, I had it. It's not a big deal. That's the thing about the vaccine. Everybody reacts differently. My arm was so sore that when I came home from getting my vaccine at noon yesterday, I could only do one thing, load up on ibuprofen and go to bed because my arm hurt so bad. And when you're doing a podcast, there does have to be a little bit of operation of the controls. I had no operations on the controls yesterday. So I went to bed, I slept, and decided, you know what? They're just going to have to wait till Tuesday to hear from me again because I was not up to it. Now, am I feeling better today? I am. I don't have the chills like some people have. I just still have an incredibly sore arm. I feel like I have a baseball crammed underneath my skin into my right arm where the shot was given, and it's still incredibly sore. But... I keep loading up on painkillers, and now I'm able to do the podcast today. So, that's why there was no podcast yesterday. So, this morning, the uh, CDC announced a pause in the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And this was because of some problems with clotting. I jumped on this presser earlier, and this is the statement they gave. This morning, the FDA and CDC announced that out of an abundance of caution, we're recommending a pause in the use of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine due to reports of six cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot following vaccine administration. We're recommending this pause while we work together to fully understand these events and also so we can get information out to healthcare providers and vaccine recipients. Right now, I'd like to stress These events appear to be extremely rare. However, COVID-19 vaccine safety is a top priority for the federal government. 
and we take all reports of adverse events following vaccination very seriously. So the official from the CDC there said it is very rare, and it is. How rare? Well, six cases out of about six million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine uh, that were given out. So that is a very, 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 very small percentage. So at this point, all scheduled vaccination sites for Johnson & Johnson have been uh, shut down until further notice. Now, one other COVID note. If you watched the live version of American Idol last night, you noticed one of the judges was missing. That was Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan has tested positive for COVID, not able to do American Idol. 44-year-old country singers, fellow American Idol judges, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and guest judge Paula Abdul, who filled in for Bryan, gave an update. Katy said he's totally good. I think he's going to be all right. I think we'll be seeing him next week. In fact, she said he was texting us, blowing up our phones during the whole episode. Some of it we can't even say, she joked. Lionel said we can't even say half of it. According to Perry, Brian agreed with everything she and Richie judged alongside with Abdul during the live episode. He was just giving critiques at home, I guess alone in his room. As for Abdul, who was an original judge on Idol, stepping into Brian's shoes gave her a nostalgic feeling. I miss Paula Abdul. I really do. She said I didn't have time to think about it. It was literally a call on Friday night. I was worried because I was getting my second vaccine, and I thought, oh, my God, what if I have a reaction? I was able to move my appointment to Saturday night, so yesterday I was feeling kind of crappy, but today I woke up fine, and it was fun. I loved being on the panel. It's way different than the panel that I was on, that's for sure. Didn't have to go to therapy to work with Richie and Perry. Oh, took a little shot at Randy and Simon there, huh? That's uh, pretty cool. Uh, yesterday morning, Luke announced on Instagram and Twitter he had tested positive and would be missing the live taping of the ABC competition show, but he assured fans he was feeling okay. All right, I got to play this for you. So you know I do play-by-play for the NEO Golden Norseman football team. I'll have another game this Saturday. It's homecoming. We'll get to that in a minute. But on Sunday, there was PBA bowling on, all right? This was the 2020 U.S. Open. And the guy's name is Anthony Nower, okay? And he is a, uh, he's a red-haired kid. Ginger, as they like to call red-haired people. The Ginger Assassin. That's his nickname. What a great nickname. So Sunday, in a semifinal match of the 2021 U.S. Open, something happened that was incredibly rare, all right? And I'm going to let you hear the audio of the TV call. Made me feel good. Being a play-by-play guy, I can't wait to have a chance to get this excited. Right through the face, leaving the 7-10. The 7-10 only been made on television three times in the history of professional bowling on TV. Come on, kid, do it. He did it! He He got the 7-10, Randy! He did it! My goodness, the ginger assassin just dropped the 7-10! You bet, kid! You bet! Oh, man! Give me some oxygen and water to spare the game. Brought to you by Guaranteed Rate. If you believe it, you can do it. Guaranteed Rate. Believe you will. I believe the Ginger Assassin can drop the 7-10. Oh, man! So the Ginger Assassin hit a 7-10 split. It had only been done three times on TV ever. And he did it on Sunday. Now, if you don't know about bowling, that means one pin is way over on one end 
Another pin is way over on the other end, and somehow you got to hit one and make it slide all the way over and knock the other one down. It's almost impossible to do, but he did it. The Ginger Assassin, and those guys got to call the play-by-play of it. Could not be more excited about that. And I am also very excited about this. Ah, uh, French vanilla, rocky roll, chocolate peanut butter cookie dough. Scoop All right, we've all seen the TV commercial now. Geico, Rocky Road, Sprinkles, all that. The great duo tag team from the 90s. There it is. Tomorrow on the podcast, DC Glenn, one half of tag team from that commercial will be right here on the podcast. I have so many questions because I go way back with this song from the very beginning. And I'm so excited. So tomorrow, make sure you tell everybody. DC Glenn, one half of Tag Team, will be here on the podcast. It's going to be awesome. All right, we're going to jump into 10 After Laughter a little bit early here today. Uh, And then i got to tell you about my weekend and uh, something sad uh, that happened over the weekend. And I'll tell you about that around the corner. But now we bring in great young comedian Dave Anderson on 10 After Laughter. Everybody I know who gets a tattoo gets addicted. They get hundreds of them. It's like crack cocaine. You know, they're out stealing car stereos. Come on, I just need a butterfly on the shoulder. Come on, just have go. No, no, no. Anyone have tattoos? Do you? What, what do you have, ma'am? You have a dolphin. Where? On your ankle. That's, that's kind of cruel, isn't it, really? Letting it know you're ahead of the food chain, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Is it just one tattoo? Yeah. Are you going to get more? When you can afford it, yeah. Well, there you go. Going out to the parking lot. Everyone's busy right now. <laughs> Steal a stereo. I think it's fine to have a lot of tattoos, but if you're going to have a lot, have a theme. <laughs> you know, make it interesting for us because we got to look at them. You know, I saw one guy walk around, no shirt. You know, he had a skull and a crossbone, heart, dagger, rose. You know, I love you. I hate you. I'll kill you. What's your message? You know? <laughs> You know, tell a story. You know, the dog jumped over the log. You know, the dolphin jumped through the hoop. You know, something, you know. But know this, no matter what you get, one day you're going to be old and you're going to have to explain it. You know, Grandma, what's that? Well... It's a rose. I thought it was a red line. Huh? A friend of mine tattooed his girlfriend's name on his arm. Two weeks later, they broke up. You know, he would have been smarter to put a calendar on his back. At least that's good for a year. <laughs> that's uh, comedian Dave Anderson there on 10 After Laughter. All right, let's do this. I told you years ago I used to do a feature on my radio show called Behind the Lyrics. This was before VH1 even had Behind the Music. I was actually giving songs and telling you what they were all about. This idea has been stolen over the years by others. But once again, I was always the innovator, not the imitator. So today we're going to start another series of these, Behind the Lyrics. And today we talk about Benny and the Jets. So Elton John's lyricist, Bernie Toppin, wrote the song, and he wrote it about a fictional glam rock band, kind of a satire of the 
cocaine-fueled excesses of the 70s. But after recording the song, John and his band thought the song was kind of bland. So the producer, Gus Dudgeon, genius, added applause and whistles and hand claps to make it sound like a live performance. In fact, for years, people thought Benny and the Jets was a live recording. I remember getting a call one time from a listener saying, hey, can you sometimes play the non-live version of that? There was not a non-live version of Benny and the Jets because the song was not recorded live. It was released on John's 1973 album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Wasn't even intended to be a single, but an R&B station in Detroit started playing Benny and the Jets. Well, MCA Records decided to release it. Elton himself thought the song was too weird, and he predicted it would flop. Well, he was wrong. But the number one on the pop chart. So when you hear all the applause, the whistles, and the hand claps in Benny and the Jets, that was designed to make it sound live, even though it was never recorded that way. All right, there you go. There's a little behind the lyrics. We'll do these occasionally on the podcast, let you know about the history of some of your favorite songs. So this past weekend, I went to Corsicana, Texas. Great little city, about uh, 60 miles south of downtown Dallas. And I went there because I do the play-by-play for the NEO Golden Norseman, and we had a game against Navarro College on Saturday. So on the way down, I realized I was going to go through Athens. Athens is a great little town. That's where Trinity Valley Junior College is located. And I remembered that I had a radio friend who lived there. So I thought I would call ahead, see if he was available for a few minutes. I could stop by and say hi. I hadn't seen him in 20-some years. And he said, yeah, that'd be great. Stop on by. So on my way through Athens, we met up. And uh, we sat and we talked for a while and talked about the old days. And he told me that a radio friend of ours had recently passed. And I said, well, who is that? And he said, Reggie. And suddenly my mind just went flowing back to those days. And I thought about Reggie. And I just really got sad. And I got to tell you the story about Reggie. So when I first went to work in Tyler, Texas, I got into town. I had my U-Haul. I didn't have a whole lot of stuff. Back then, I used to travel light. I had a couch. I had a recliner. I had like a rack stereo system. And then the rest of the U-Haul was all filled with CDs and vinyl. That's all I traveled with at the time. So I talked to my boss and I said, hey, is there somebody that could maybe help me uh, drop off my stuff and unload my truck into my apartment that I was moving into? And he said, yeah. He said, "Uh, I'll come by there and I'll bring another guy that works with us here and we'll help you. I said, shoot, shouldn't take more than about a half an hour. I didn't have a whole lot of stuff. Again, mostly vinyl and CDs. So my boss came over and he brought a guy with him, a guy named Reggie. He said, this is Reggie. Reggie works weekends on the station. I said, oh, that's very cool. Nice to meet you. Awesome. So they, uh, so we unloaded the truck, loaded the stuff in my apartment. And as I was, uh, as we were finishing up, my boss gets a call. He said, hey, I got to go. He said, would you mind uh, taking Reggie home? And I said, no, that, that'd be cool. It'd be a chance for me to, you know, find out what Reggie's all about. So I was pulling my car behind the U-Haul. I get the car off the uh, trailer, and I tell Reggie, I said, well, let's go. I'll take you home. So he's giving me directions. 
We drive down this street and that street, and finally we pull up in front of this storage building. And he said, you can just drop me off here. And I said, oh, you, do you need to get some stuff out of storage? And I said, I can wait if you want to, and then I'll take you home. And he said, no, no, that's fine. This is fine. So I dropped him off. So I uh, went to work that following Monday for the first time. And throughout the week, I would uh, hear people talk about Reggie. They said, Reggie comes in on the weekends. On Saturday, Reggie runs like uh, sports broadcasts. We did all kinds of different sports on our AM station in the building. He said, Reggie runs those. And then on Sunday, Reggie does church programming on our AM station. And that's what he does. He does works for us two days a week. I said, oh, well, he seems like a really nice guy. And they said, yeah, he, really, he, yeah, he is a great guy. So I'm sitting in the studio one day that week, and I look up at the phone list on the wall. And I'm looking at all the people that work there, and here's all their home phone numbers. Now, again, this was back in the day. Really, cell phones hadn't really taken off at that time. So everybody had a home phone at that time. So I'm going down, and I don't see Reggie anywhere on phone list. So I asked the receptionist up front. I said, hey, uh, where's Reggie's phone number on our phone list? And she said, well, Reggie doesn't have a phone. I said, oh, okay, well, uh, do you have his address? Because I thought, you know, I might take him some food or something to thank him for helping me unload. And she kind of looked at me in a weird way, and she said, well, Reggie lives in a storage building. And I just looked at her, and I said, what do you mean he lives in a storage building? She said, yeah, he lives in a storage building. I said, in an actual, like, storage building? And then it occurred to me that that's where he lived, where I dropped him off. And it occurred to me then that he's the only person I've ever known that lived in a storage building. So that weekend, when Reggie was at work, I made sure I came by and I, again, thanked him for helping me out. I brought some food up and I said, hey, man, I wanted to thank you for helping me out, you know, helping me unload my stuff. He said, oh, that's, that's great. He said, I, I enjoy doing it. and I'm, You know, I'm glad I could help out. I said... They told me you live in a storage building. And he said, yeah. He said, it's cheap. And I thought to myself, is that legal? I didn't really think it was legal to live in a storage building. So I asked him, I said, is that, you know, is that legal? And he said, I don't think so. But he said, I got to be real good friends with the guy who runs it. And he said, he told me it was okay. And so I've been there for almost a year. And I thought, wow. He said, you know, it's got electric. I got a hot plate. I make stuff right there. He said, it's, it's not bad. He said, I got a little heater. He said, in the summer, it gets a little, a little rough. But he said, I can, you know, open up the door and get a little breeze in there, and it's not too bad. So as I got to know Reggie more, I found out more about his background. I found out that he, at one time, was in the military, had served his country honorably, got out, didn't know really what to do. He loved music. He met one of the guys that worked at the station at a live broadcast, and the guy said, hey, why don't you come by the station sometime? We could probably use a hand doing some things around there. Well, this worked into Reggie getting a part-time job on the weekends. And he was good at it. And everything he did was perfect. He was always on time. He never made mistakes when he was on the air. And so I worked with Reggie for about a year. I was the one that actually told him to change his name to Big Reg. And he started going by Big Reg when he would talk on the air. He'd go by Big Reg. About three years after I left there, I was thinking about Reggie one day, and I actually called the station, and I said, hey, is Reggie still working there? And the lady who uh, worked up front said, no, he stopped working here about a year ago. I said, well, where did he go? And they said, we don't know. Not in the storage building anymore. He just kind of was gone. 
Well, wherever he had gone, he had at least kept in touch with the guy who ran the storage building. So when Reggie passed a few months ago, that guy called the station and said, hey, I don't know if there's anybody still working there, the new Reggie, but I wanted you guys to know that Reggie passed. And this got back to my friend who then got it to me over the weekend. And I thought about him the rest of the weekend. And I thought about how hard work and dedication was what he was all about. Sometimes I wish there were more of that going around. Miss you, Big Reg. Dedicate the podcast to you today. Well, that's going to wrap it up for a Minor Detail podcast today. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Don't forget tomorrow, DC Glenn from Tag Team. Mr. Hump, there it is will be our guest tomorrow right here. Jess, tell them where they can find us. Well, that's a wrap. Reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Questions and comments, email us, minordetailpodcast at gmail.com. Want to get a hold of us? Need to let us know something? We want to know about it. Hit up our 24-hour hotline, 479-388-1638. That's 479-388-1638. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. A Minor Detail Podcast, copyright 2020, the Radio Voice Productions, LLC. I'm Jess, and I'm out.